Welcome back, everybody, to the H&K Video Game Experience. I'm Hollywood Cole, usually here with Clearfire, but he is taking the night off tonight. So I brought some other guests here. What's up, Swinging? What's up, Hollywood? Glad to be here, man. <laughs> swinging Thunder. That mic sounds awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so if you don't know, like, he's like, thanks. The, uh, yeah, it's hard to pick up sometimes with Swinging, but we got it working, so that's good. You guys won't tell because his recordings are always good. It's just hard to keep it going here at the in the Discord that we use. Also, I uh, have someone else here, Nick Themianos. What's up, Nick? Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Well, good, man. Welcome back, dude. It's been a minute. It has been. Too much, too much uh, adulting here. I don't like it. I know. It's a lot of adulting. You know, and th- speaking of such, so I debated on bringing this up, but the, uh, the job situations, right? Mm. So... Uh, we're all either prior military or military currently. So and it's all well and good, proud of service. I don't, don't mean this to be a hit on the military. But when I was at the H, at the Mississippi Comic Con this past week, dude, I was in the zone, dude, forgetting to eat lunch, wanting to have it going all the time. You know, just loved every minute of this, the podcast, quote, business, which obviously is just a hobby. But, uh, dude. Are there jobs out there like that where you're just so zoned in that you just, you know, I would love to find, hope you know, a job like that where I could just be loving every minute of being there. Dude, I don't even I, know if they exist, but. I, I, I really want that. Like, especially when I finish school, I should be done by April next year and hopefully get a nice IT gig. I know that's going to be all kinds of stress as well, depending on what I'm doing, but. Who knows? Whenever I finish my book and people actually like it, that'll be nice too. So I'm just gonna ride whatever wave I get on. <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick about the book. Do you do you look forward to sitting there writing it, or is it sometimes it's like a task? It it I never felt like it's a task. It's more just when I I typically just do it when I have an urge or I feel like I'm in the right headspace. Like I. Unless I'm like, I'm at a role and like, I, I'm going to finish it. Like if I actually set that task, that's like where I'm like super motivated. Like I want to finish this chapter. Like, especially when I was towards the end of uh, the first act that I'm doing for the rewrite, like I was going hard. I wrote like a chapter a week, you know, and I'm just like writing and writing and writing. And uh, so that kept me focused. But then like, I was like, all right, time to brain dump because now I have to like start mapping everything out and all that. But it never it never feels like a job. It's more daunting. It's like, what am I adding to this now? What am I changing from the original one? So I wouldn't say for me, it hasn't felt like a job for me yet, but it definitely, uh, it has its own unique stressors in a way because I'm only just doing it for myself. So, you know, like, yes, I can't wait to share it of course, but uh, it, so then I guess that's also another reason because I'm kind of doing it on my own time. So it's not, affected me in a like in a regular job would right yeah that's 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 cool yeah it seems like it could be uh either way like you're saying well i've had i've had um, two jobs since i've retired uh they both have felt like jobs not not saying horrible but they both have felt like jobs uh, it's it's mm-hmm. different than well so obviously 20 years retired air force and then my first job was a dod contractor for a year and a half and it felt just like the military, except I didn't wear camouflage to work. <laughs> and then the job I have yeah. now is so opposite of everything I've done for the last 22 years prior to that. But I don't know. You got to find joy in everything you do. 
and I probably, if I, you know, somebody told me I had to go do the podcast, I probably wouldn't like it as much, right? It's almost just like when it's your choice, it's... I think that's an interesting thing. You know, you always hear the whole cliche, like, you know, if you find something you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. But, like, I also can see the flip side of that. I know plenty of gearhead mechanics who became that as a job, and half of them, all those guys who had those project cars in their garage, never touch it because they get tired of touching a wrench for 40-plus hours a week. And then you got the other guys who doesn't matter doesn't matter they worked 80 hours that week they're still in there on the weekend working on that project car so I, 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 sometimes it's just an individual situation i think actually it's funny that you bring it up because i think maybe low-key subconsciously when i write my book you know obviously people typically typewriter, you know old school like typewriters or you know you're just usually on a computer on a keyboard hacking away you know when you're writing and normally i'm on the computer it's because i'm at work all day on the computer then when i'm home i'm on the computer i'm playing games so that's that's my my thing but occasionally i'll do it but somebody opened my eyes to using google docs on the phone and i'll literally be on the couch or like i'll chill in a bath and i'm like writing chapters like this and just (laughs) i mean i went ham it of course, you don't have all the, the, the editing capabilities, you know, or, or formatting capabilities, like if it's not preset. So, but it was, that was what actually helped me just, just like drive through like 10 chapters, 10 additional chapters into that act. Like it was insane. Like, and, and I loved it. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, you'll obviously miss a couple things here and there, but it was just like, it's, uh, relaxing that I'm able yeah. to get in a different position and just like kind of go with a flow kind of thing. And it really, that, that really helped a lot. So speaking of the Mississippi comic con, I do want to give a shout out to some of the, we had, a, we had a lot of good, t- a lot of fun there. It was, I think it's kind of just boils down to nobody was making us be there. So it's all up to us. And there's some parts I was walking by and it's like, well, if I'm really trying to promote this podcast, this is what I would be doing. And I just like, eh, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> you know, right now. And so it's just awesome to be able to do that and have that freedom. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to some of the some of the uh, people we met there and uh, some of the organizations there with, like uh, Jason and Josh. They're with the Mississippi Gamer Society. Did an interview with them. Um, Ponage uh, with Convoy Gaming, one of the top Call of Duty players uh, in the world. We did an interview with him. We also did a podcast with Coastal Minority and him as well. I just released that, actually. I just put it out just before we started doing this. Um, William with Gamer Guy Reviews on YouTube, which I'll come back to him. Um, the King and Queen of Glen Oblin. That's for your SCA people out there. We did an SCA things, uh, clears little things, kind of like LARPing, but they hate when you call it LARPing. It's not role playing uh, or it's not uh, magic and all that, but it is a cool thing. I give them a hard time calling it LARPing. Uh, and Seth for the, as one of the animators um, for these comic books and stuff like these biblical base, like uh, Samson, I think he's doing. There's, there's some awesome animation with like the David and Goliath coming out. Um, and Batman himself is a cosplayer. Batman was a really cool interview. Appreciate you sitting down with us and doing that. We had a lot of trivia and stuff. And thanks for everybody that participated in the trivia. It was a lot of fun. We are going to release a uh, like a Mississippi Comic Con Day One uh, podcast with just all the interviews in there. Same way for Day Two. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I had a good time meeting all you guys and I look forward to next year. So, but back to the business at hand, Diablo four. And I will say this about Mississippi comic con too. A lot of retro gamers, they don't, they don't, uh, play these old school super Nintendos and stuff. They all Xboxes and all this. 
But they all play Diablo 4. I'll tell you that. Everybody seemed to be playing Diablo 4. So this is a good one to come out with. So what we're going to do is just kind of give our quick two cents about what we think about the game. We're all um, kind of seasoned Diablo players all the way back to whenever. We'll kind of talk about that. Uh, and then we're going to get into some of the lore. And if you've kept up, kept up with us at all, I don't really keep up with the lore too much. I do like it, but when I play a game like that particularly, I don't really want to do the lore. I'm kind of ready to get done with it and get get ready to the to that uh, hell tide and all the nightmare dungeons. So let's let me start real quick. So we I started playing Diablo years ago, probably 2020. Uh, excuse me, 2002. <laughs> Diablo two and uh kind of messed around with that on the computer when i was at full sale and then um my girlfriend at the time turned me on to that actually and it was really cool i had no idea about it me and me and uh, gadrock played it all the time and then we went to diablo 3 when it came out which was sick played it with rev and everybody else and then now we're at diablo 4 so i started off on two were you guys into the old school one i am og as can be diablo one i was 12 years old 1995 I, uh, that was the reason I fell in love with Blizzard. That like that was the start of my love with OG Blizzard. I mean, we've already talked <laughs> about how I feel about them and and Kotick. He he could choke it, but uh, it was phenomenal. And I remember like all the kids in our neighborhood. It was just like one big circle. We would all want to play Diablo, and we were still trying to figure out how to get on BattleNet. Like we were dumb like this is you know still <laughs> early days of the internet so we we're like sure do we go on battle.net is it battle.net.com like we were trying to figure out everything just did not know and then like one day like i happened to be like logged on you know this was like the dial-up modems and everything you know my parents had a separate line just for the dial-up and i <laughs> oh, was logged fancy, in dude. and i'm like oh yeah bougie, <laughs> separate bougie. Line. And, then, <laughs> and then uh you know, I was able to log in on the internet. I'm like, let me see, because like I started clicking on things and, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out as a 12 year old. And then I found out that it was like, oh, you just have to be online and then go battle net through the game. And then I was, you know, that, and it just opened my world. And like, I'm like, I run outside, I'm screaming to everybody that might be out in the streets, like, I'm online on battle net. And they all <laughs> ran into my house. Like every kid that was out, they we just bolted upstairs oh, in my parents' room. Nice. I'm on the computer and I'm looking and they're like, what'd you do? And then we showed in the, all of us were playing. It was just, oh, geez. it was good, good times. Like it was, was it online? The, the first one was, would you, were you able to play online? Or yes. Was it so it was four players per server. So the way it used to be back in the day, uh, and it was like that even up through Warcraft 3, how the way the battle net was handled. But yeah, so you log in, you have uh, you have your single player Diablo characters, and then you have your multiplayer Diablo characters. Actually, same way with also Diablo 2, like you, where you went online, and then you had a bunch of channels that you could join into. You had the the you know, the search games and then people would have their own games that you could join into. And, uh, you know, then just, yeah, just play. Uh, I mean, it was rampant with cheaters because people had trainers and hackers and everything like that. But, you know, that was the wild west back then anyway. So, uh, learning how to dupe, you know, like you, 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 uh, I had it down to a T the way you, you would dupe kind of like, uh, where you cursor, you want, you hit, 
like as you drop the item, you basically want to hit the cursor like around the midsection of your character. And then when you grab it at the same time, you duped it. So like it was nice to like power level your characters after you made so many. It's just like, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to dupe like a bunch of fireball spells. So then that way you just keep learning it gets, you know, they get stronger as it levels up and stuff. It, it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, my, childhood is flashing so hard at me right now that i'm telling this stuff but i mean like i said it's been <laughs> i've been a fan since the first one i loved looking at the lore book you know like when they came with the big boxes pc games and then you had the their instruction manual and like chris metz and sketches and all the lore and oh heaven awesome man heaven what about you swing and how far back you go so it's funny that between the three of us, I think we all started on different games. We were all different age groups when it all happened. So mine would be early 30s. Diablo 3 was my first. So I'm not a PC gamer. Um, so did not realize Diablo 1 was ported over to the PS1 and like two, three years later, like 98, I believe. But I had no idea that game was on the PS1. I had heard of Diablo 2, once again, not a PC gamer. So uh, I remember the buzz, what was that, 10, 11 years ago now for Diablo 3 before it dropped? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, military, as we talked about before, uh, my work center was like 40 people deep. And we had some hardcore Diablo 2 players who just talked and talked it up. And then I'm sure both of you could probably attest to it. Uh, when it dropped, the community was very divisive about Diablo 3, mm-hmm. you know, for a multitude of reasons. One being mainly the animation and the coloring and the atmosphere of the game. But... Uh, Played Diablo 3, uh, did not get to play with a lot of people. We had a few that played, and I mean, I probably played more solo than I played uh, multiplayer online. Uh, I think for me, it kind of threw back my childhood to playing Gauntlet. Like, if Gauntlet could have been Diablo when I was a kid, that's what it would have been like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I joked with Hollywood about this, though, but I mean, I've always loved lore. But I don't know, maybe I had a very defeatist attitude 10 plus years ago, but it was kind of like, okay, well, I never played Diablo 1, never played Diablo 2, can't play them, or I really don't want to get a PC to go and play just those two games. So, eh, I'm just going to play the game. And I'm typically not the guy who just wants to get through the story and just beat things up. And But this one, it was just like, okay, this is just fun. So to be I, fair, 3 was a soft reboot in a set. They continued it, but it's like they also retcon a lot of 1. Yeah. So well, to be fair. Isn't there an Easter egg in three where I think it was during like Halloween or the beginning. There's like a one month where there's like a special eight bit dungeon. Like that's basically a, a so version that, of Diablo one. That is uh, in January, the darkening okay. of Tristram event. Yeah. So then you essentially do all 16 levels to recreate uh, the, the, the Diablo one feel. And it was great. I, I've done it. And you know, when you complete, if you complete it with a brand new character, like all the way through start to finish, you get a butcher pet. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I liked it. Uh, I do agree that it was pretty divisive. I liked it when it first came out, but it really didn't. I mean, there were some def- definite missteps that they did with it, but I did like the routes that they were going with. I mean, you, you got to evolve no matter what. People were expecting Diablo 2 2. You know, come on. Um, but <laughs> the thing with 3, though, uh, it was when Reaper of Souls, when they did Loot 2.0 update to prepare for Reaper of Souls, that's when it became good for Diablo 3. Uh, because, I mean, it was, there were some moments where, like, you could be in Tristram, and then you have, like, you're on Hell difficulty, and then they're monster with, like, 
invulnerability affixes with five other affixes on top of that. And then they just steamroll right through town and just obliterate. You couldn't get anywhere like that. Then they eventually, because people were just getting rocked in Tristram because all these monsters are just coming in. Then they instance, <laughs> they instance the town so that you could have some kind of safe haven. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, uh well. Yeah, I mean, you see, I don't remember that on uh, we we started it on Xbox 360 Part Three, and then mm-hmm. that came out on PlayStation Four. It was next generation, you know, so we had to switch over, which was definitely worth it, and you could carry your character over. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember any, so it's, I, I'm sure it was different on the computer than it was, and I don't remember how it came out. If it's like a year, or if it came out the same time, I don't you remember. Know. I mean, obviously, I got it for PC, uh, but we were stationed at Tyndall when it when it did come out. Uh, I didn't get the console version until later. I got the PS4 version because Mandy, she likes, she, that, I got her into Diablo. She's a big fan of it. So, um, that was, uh, that was like something that we did, especially when early in our marriage. And, uh, something I was really salty about is that they added, so the controller support, not only that, they added that you could dodge in the game. And on the PC version, you can't dodge. They didn't add the controller support for Diablo 3. Really? It was like, Bro, you have this. Why? Why not? Like this is a good mechanic to have, but only on just only for the console. Wow, I didn't know that. I That's remember. I remember hearing about that, and PC gamers wrote a little PO. About that. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's a PC game. Let me just be real. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, yes, well, I guess they're trying to get over to console market and add a little something, something on it. I'll be honest, man. I'm so happy that they did with the uh, the controller support for four. Like it, uh, adding it to my Steam Deck, Steam Deck fanboy, obviously. But <laughs> I got that that on the Steam Deck, and I was telling uh, Swingin' earlier, it plays like butter. It's so smooth, and because I've been rocking so hard on the Steam Deck playing that game, I have such a difficult time playing traditional mouse and keyboard. On, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play for a little bit. It just doesn't feel right. So then I just pull my Xbox controller. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's what's the big scare for me. Like we love Diablo three. I think Diablo three is one of the best ones, and they're all, they're all different. I played Diablo two, mm-hmm. like I said. I didn't get as deep into it. We did finish the game, and I thought, okay, we're finished. But little did I know that Diablo is like that's the beginning of Diablo, right? <laughs> we finished the, the story. Now you're just now getting started. I didn't know any better. I started a new character, kept going through like that. But Diablo three, we did a little bit different. Um, the riffs and the greater riffs and all that. And I mean, we got up so high. I mean, I remember it was like super high, like 70, maybe uh, and we never finished and we never got to where we couldn't do one. We just kind of got bored with it, but I, I stole a, stole a build online from my, my pally and just happened to have most of the stuff. But, um, Thorns build, but uh, we really enjoyed that one, and so we're like, "Oh man, I can't wait for the next Diablo!" And then here comes Diablo Immortal. Everybody's like the the infamous Diablo Immortal, where they just it was something like, "Do you, you know, have cell phones?" Cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you not like it? You know, I saw a funny meme that's that's not appropriate for uh <laughs> for this show, but uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, about okay, you don't like that? Okay, well, um, and. I heard the rumor, and I don't remember the whole thing, but it's like $150,000 that you would have to spend to like max your character out or something. It was I mean, something really absurd. ridiculous. Like a, There was a bunch of streamers that they were getting like donations just so they can see what they can get for like all the legendary something. Yeah. I never touched Immortal. Uh, I, re- I remember the announcement. I was actually playing the Fallout 76 open beta. Like we were actually yeah. in Nebraska. And so I'm in the, in the hotel room, you know, we're like retiring for the night kind of thing. And I'm on the Wi-Fi. And so I'm like, 
really deep in checking out how Fallout 76 was. And then I've seen all the disappointing, like, Hinaziava on the phone. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> just, <laughs> and, then, and then I just started seeing everything flaming and online. And I'm like, oh boy. And then, you know, and it's funny too, because Fallout 76, like, everyone was hyped for that. And that also had its missteps for <laughs> yeah. the first year as well. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, like they were really marketing to the whales. And then, you know, because a lot of people were upset that, it, you know, uh, what is it, Tencent, that they have like a stake in Activision Blizzard. And a lot of people were saying like it's just a Diablo reskin of another type of game. Even though from what reviews said, like it's a good Diablo game, like story-wise and everything. But it's once you beat the game, that's where the predatory stuff is. And uh Unfortunately, we also kind of see that with Diablo 4 as well. Um, but oh, don't I'm get sure too we'll, far ahead. Yeah, no, I'm not. Because that is going to be because that's kind of the big question. You know, did they? We were afraid they were going to carry this over for Diablo. And once this happened, it is just tough because this this money um, is there for these type of games. Immortal. I mean, I think it made more money. I don't know. I'm making this up, but something like a week than other games made, you know, in their lifetime type of thing. It's like something, you know, that's being, you know, liberal there with a, with a comment, but it's something ridiculous and it makes it hard to turn down. And really, if you're a company, it's kind of like, well, you gotta be in that space almost. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the Diablo three, I think it came out for computer first. Cause I remember them doing that auction house that you could buy with real money. Legendary. Yes. yes. That'd you be a way sell, to do it. Well, you can sell and make money and then, yeah. you know, obviously, and then all that, but apparently a lot of people were, uh, put off by it. And so then they, they just eliminated it right off the bat. People were worried that they were going to try and bring it back, but I think they, I don't know if they announced they were going to, and they walked it back or they just, just made sure not to do it. I don't remember. I, I purposely didn't follow much of the Diablo four, like anything like I, again, yeah. like it was something I was looking forward to, but I've been leery because of blizzard. And then after Dragonflight, I was like, okay, I am kind of opening up again, but you know, like you broke my heart enough times. Let's just see, uh, with how it goes. But yeah, like there's still, again, they found another way to do, what they're doing that, you know, yeah. it shouldn't happen, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, swinging, what do you think about this new Diablo? I mean, I'm loving it so far. <clears throat> uh, having played three, I did pick up resurrected. I think was that a year ago when they released Diablo two resurrected. I think it's digital only mm-hmm. too. And so, uh, love yeah, same. So I love three. Uh, when two came out, I picked it up, played it a little bit, had fun with it. And I can definitely see why the older fans were like, yo, the atmosphere is completely different between two and three. Yep. So putting on four, I, I was honestly, my jaw dropped with the graphics. Like I was the only mm-hmm. complaint I have with the game is that it feels it's a little too zoomed in. I would assume that with this console and with the PC, we would be able to kind of maybe zoom in or zoom out to our liking. I feel like it's slightly zoomed in, you know, like the viewpoint, but, uh, Oh, it hooked me. It hooked me immediately. Um, but unfortunately, because I'm a completionist, next thing I know, I, I get through the very first story part and then it's side quest, side quest, side quest, (laughs) side quest. Oh my gosh, I'm level 32 and I have done one step in act one Mm-hmm. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, you know, and then I saw something online, and it was like, you you know, you're limited to how much renown you can get in the area. Like, get your, you know, what going through at least a campaign a little bit, and then I think part of me was getting a little salty seeing 
level. Now, granted, I'm sure there was, you know, they either beat the campaign on another character or whatever, but I'm seeing like level fours with their mounts and I'm like level 40 just starting act two walking everywhere like okay i gotta i gotta push you the campaign but uh i was the same way i loved it <laughs> but i i, I, I mean it. i'm loving it i mean hollywood you me played a few times um i have dealt with the servers kicking us i think you and me got all the way through a dungeon yeah. to the very boss and then immediately got kicked out and couldn't get back in i was telling a yeah, start over telling nick that story earlier uh i i was on uh, when the DDoS attack happened and uh, wound up playing a Final Fantasy 16 demo, which is a conversation for another day. I do enjoy it. Yes. Um, but um, I'm very impressed. Uh, and the lore, because I, I am known as a lore guy, I, I fell in love with the lore, and I've been digging into the lore very much mm-hmm. since the game came out, this game came out. Um, and just the little touches. So it's one of those things that's very layered. You know, um, as been mentioned before, like one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, the Clone Wars Star Trek, because I think you can get so much out of that TV show, that cartoon at different layers, depending on what your knowledge is of the universe. And I think as I'm kind of envious of Nick a little bit, because like there's a lot of stuff that goes on that if you know a little bit of the background as you're playing through it, like your jaw drops. So look at that throwback to this or, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, look at that guy or this character or et cetera, et cetera. And so it's amazing. You know, you play your character of your choice, but I mean, the character is the game. It's the atmosphere. It's the world. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think Diablo does that probably better than almost any game, you know, around and which is why they, it has the following it has. It does. And they, I think when, when, like you said, the character, like they nailed four back to its grim grim dark gothic style and i could understand why people are upset with three and i i get it too uh it you know with that uh because it was very bright it's a gorgeous game it is it definitely didn't feel grim dark but uh you know like one and two and and four do but i mean at least with four like they really emphasized on it like i love that you know, especially with the lore, you know, 50 years after Diablo three and, and the ramifications and the consequences of what happened with Malthale. Yes. You know? And then people are still like just suffering through a dark age. And uh, when, when I started realizing all that, I'm like, I just absorbed, I, I mean, like you said, I was absorbing everything. Like I was hitting up side quests and I'm just like, you know, just like a crack <laughs> fiend, just like listening to this and hearing people like, and then I didn't know till much later that, uh, I keep Lorath. Okay, Lorath. That's the homeboy that's looks for you in Reaper of Souls. It it in Reaper of Souls. Yep. And he's there in adventure mode with Tyrael. So he's that that young Haradrim dude there. And I was like, oh, that is that's neat. He he's a significant guy now, but he was he was just, you know, he was just a kid basically in like assisting the Nephilim. Wow, that's awesome. And then you can find uh, locations from Diablo 3 and they're like the hidden camp of Act 2 of Diablo 3 is in uh, when you go to uh, Kazakhstan and then uh, I actually just found uh, the scoundrel Linden uh, co- the companion from 3 you can meet him in 4 he's an old dude and I just did a couple quests for him I won't say anything I'll just say that Linden's in it but I mean I like those little things like it uh I think they did it right at that point. So, wow, man, you really make me want to 
kind of get into the lore now. I knew I would. I knew I'd love it, but I didn't. You know, this is so deep like that. It's man. Man, I'll just these, dude. We, let's. You know what? Let's stop talking. We'll just play right now. Let's yeah. just play. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> Watch us on Twitch. So you know. Yeah, you pick up you pick up these letters everywhere, and I mean, I'm, I just know like people are I mean, they're, they're going to have some significance, right? You, like when you kill something, somebody drop like a letter or some kind of note, and when you pick it up, and it's like an audio recording can cancel it. Um, and I'm just like, man, I bet this has some kind of a big meaning to people that know what's going on. But yeah, let's just get into the lore then, man. Let's just you got me pumped about it. <laughs> uh, let's just hear it. <laughs> Swing Swingin was talking about it. he he was ready, so I I, I, will, I, I will I'm gonna I'll pitch him when I can. Thank you, Nick. I'm gonna need the help. <laughs> All right, so if we're gonna get into the lore, uh, I will start it. I'm gonna try to. It's it's so much. It is so much. So I will mm-hmm. summarize. I will bring up some some things that I find interesting. Having just dug into it, I'm sure Nick will definitely be able to add to what I'm gonna say. And please, Nick, just jump in wherever and help me out, I, okay? I got Wiki up, too, so if I have to, we have to double-check, I'll, I'll, I'll double-check as well. All right, so let's have some fun. In the beginning, yeah. there was Anu. And Anu, so, also known, A-N-U, was known as... So this is Diab- all the Diablo history, oh, not we're, just... We're going to get Yeah, the beginning of creation. He is, he's starting from oh, okay. creation. I'm starting from right. creation. You, and this will all make sense at the end. Okay. So we start with Anu. Anu. Anu is known as a diamond warrior, and he was the sum of all things. Good, bad, light, dark, order, chaos. And so Anu's chilling there by himself. You know, it's just him. And he's like, bro, I like being happy. I don't like being sad. I I like this, but I don't like this dark stuff about me. So me being the all-powerful dude that I am, just get rid of the darkness. And so he did. And everything that was evil and dark about him, he basically removed from himself. But it has to form somewhere. And I'm going to butcher the name here, Nick, so I might need some some help here. Tathamet? Athamet? I thought it was Tiamat. Tiamat? Is the evil... Maybe. I'll have, I'll have to look. But Tiamat, yes. Just like the, the like multi-headed the, dragon from D&D. So it's a seven-headed dragon. Um, so all the evil that was in Anu has now formed into this being and they fight constantly until they end each other and the remains of their bodies the spine of Anu becomes the crystal arch which becomes the high heavens and when the light and the frequency of his spine resonates at just the right thing an angel is created and then the husk body of the seven headed dragon becomes the burning hells and those seven dragons separate uh, stand for the seven evils three being the prime mm-hmm. evils that we all know uh diablo for terror ball for uh destruction and mephesto for hatred and then there's four lesser evils that we can get into later mm-hmm. and then with the angels i just go ahead I am sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So You're it's Tathamet. Yeah. So Tathamet. but it is based I, off Tiamat, but Tathamet, yeah. yes. And there's there's five archangels. Um but like honestly, we we'll, we can get into those later if need be, but there's really two in my opinion that you need to know about. And obviously, if you've played any of the games, you know who Tyrion is. And he is the archangel of justice. And the other one uh is Mothiel who was originally kind of their leader of the, and I'm going to mess up this name too, Nick, the Angiris Council. Angiris Council, yeah. And so he was originally the aspect of wisdom. 
And so another part of Anu that broke off was his eye, which became known as the World Stone. And the World Stone, think of it like, I don't know, an Infinity Gauntlet Stone, if you will, maybe the Reality Stone or whatever. But you can, you can create worlds. You can, you, this thing has incredible power. And so was this something was this something that was talked about during Diablo 1 or was this created It's mentioned after? It throughout kind of, all of them. Yeah, so in Diablo 1 as you're delving through the dungeon and everything like that, uh you'll come across tomes like Herodric tomes that uh that give you lore and it talks uh it pretty it's pretty dramatic by the way they talk, but actually do you remember that show Ben 10? <laughs> yes. No. The, Grandpa Ben 10 is that narrator for all the oh, Herodrim wow. stuff from Diablo 1. It's the same dude. He's also, he plays as uh, uh, one of the Protoss from StarCraft 1. I want to say Tassadar, but I don't think it's Tassadar. It's just another one of the Protoss. But anyway, yes. I just, gee whiz stuff. There you go. And I, but I love, yes, thank you, they Nick. do I love discuss that. the lore. <laughs> we will cover, we will cover what the, who the Herodrim are here shortly too. Well, I should say shortly. So there's five Archangels. There's uh, seven evils, three being the prime evils. And at this point, it starts the eternal conflict, and they're fighting over the world stone. And this goes on for eons and eons and eons and eons. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tyrael's right-hand man, we should all know from Diablo 4, is Anarius. And he's observing all this, and something that should be noted, that basically, and help me out with this one as well, Nick, but uh, angels for sure I know respawn if you want to look at it like that. They can reform. I believe... I know that the prime evils and the lesser evils can. I believe all demons can, though. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I believe so as long as they still are. Yeah. Without going into spoiler territory. Let's let's not go any further until we get to that. Um, Right. But I. So basically. I know in Tyrael's case, yes. Tyrael does because at the end of. We'll get there. Two. Okay. (laughs) So basically, uh, it's just an internal conflict. I mean, they just keep respawning. It's just this battle over the world stone. And uh, at one point, Tyrael and the angels take over and they build a fortress around them. And this area that we're talking about is known as Panamodium. So Inarius at some point talks to Tyrael. is like, bro, this is dumb. Like, why are we doing this? Like, this, it's the internal conflict. Like, this is ridiculous. And at one point, Inarius is in a battle and he gets captured by Mephesto. And he just starts complaining like a little, you know what, in prison. Like, man, this is dumb. This is never going to end. Well, we all know who Mephesto's daughter is, right? It's Lilith. She agrees with him. And there's a bunch of angels and there's a bunch of demons who also agree with this concept of, like, why do we keep fighting? This makes no sense. So they come up with a plan. And they steal the world stone. And they make a pocket dimension that will protect them Get them away from this internal conflict of the burning hells and the high heavens. You know what? How about we just name this place Sanctuary? Because we got a sanctuary away from the eternal conflict, hence the name of the world that you play in. So oh, that's cool. So you got mm-hmm. a bunch of angels and you got a bunch of demons. And <laughs> I mean, it? What's that? Yeah. I'll just say it. I'm just sitting here like a just entranced man you know i had no idea mm-hmm. i have no idea this was going this, on. this was good stuff on. now obviously they expanded on this in diablo 3 yeah so that's where the, a lot of the retcon is and they added Correct. that uh but uh because a lot of it was more emphasized just directly with diablo they kind of did that then obviously they expanded it more and more and they they added to that but yeah it is it is wild what they did like you know a lot of very uh you know orthodox christian uh 
and, and the creation of heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff has definitely uh, inspired this stuff too. And you got a lot of, uh, I, I want to say Babylonian stuff because, you know, the way they talk about Tiamat and all that, I could be wrong. I'm not that smart in uh, that type so, of theology. An interesting thing from a video game development standpoint, I do believe. So Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 were made by Blizzard, and I might have them inverted here, Blizzard South. And then whatever way Blizzard divided up or whatever, what was known as Blizzard North is actually what took over for Diablo 3. So what's interesting is going back to what Nick just said, Diablo 1 and 2 have a very a lot of religious nuances in it. And if you notice, though, in Diablo 3, it's not a cross anymore. It's like a, it's a different cross-like design, but they kind of went away from like good and evil. And in Diablo 3 on, it's more chaos- in order. In order, yep. Not so much light and dark. But, hmm. so, you know, Anarius. That's interesting. Anarius is an angel. Lilith is a, you know, decently attractive uh, demon. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they're sitting in sanctuary and they're enjoying themselves away from the war. And they get bored and, you know, things happen, right? So, the Nephilim <laughs> are born, which are the unholy yes, union. out of clay. Out of so, clay. So, yes. So it says yes. Lilith and who? Anarius. Lilith and Anarius. So Anarius is basically, he's an angel. Lilith is the daughter of Mephisto and she's a demon. So yeah. they had their equivalent of like-minded angels and demons that did not want to partake in the eternal conflict. So they, like uh, what Anarius and Lilith did, stealing the world stone from Panamonium, created a pocket world called Sanctuary that they hid themselves from uh, from the eternal conflict because and uh you know and then that's what they did and she said that she wanted to make him a child and what was really interesting is so when she started molding them of clay actually anarius was actually very disgusted by it yes but, you know he continued with it like and that's the thing too that what uh swinging one's mentioning about that they went away from the of light and you know light and dark or like good and evil so it's more order the, and chaos the angels Right, order and chaos. So the angels represent order, but at the same time, they look down on us. Like we are literally bastards to them. Like they, they yes. just we're 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 tainted because we have demon blood in us. So and that's going to come. Uh, that's going to come into play later on. Mm -hmm. I think Nick knows what I mean by that when we get to some mm -hmm. game overviews. So they create. And I can't remember his original name, Nick. Maybe you know it, but what we know in an in-game Diablo Four is Rathma, their child, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. first necromancer. And what all of the angels and demons in Sanctuary discover is that their children, who are now Nephilim, are more powerful than any angel or demon individually is. They, the this unholy union has actually made a more powerful being than either one of the sides of the eternal conflict. And it freaks everybody but Lilith out. The angels and demons see this and they go, what did we make? And Lilith, I don't know where she went, vacation or something. Maybe she's off doing whatever, but the rest of them all come over to Anarius and like, you dog, we got to do something about this. Like we have to do something about this. And Anarius <laughs> is like, man, those are our children. I, 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 I get it. And they're like, look, if you guys don't do, if we don't do something, the heavens and the hells are going to figure out where we are because those guys are so, our children are so powerful, they're going to figure out where we're here. And the whole purpose we did this was to get away from that. So, so with that, <laughs> Inarius, like I said, was not 
keen on them whatsoever. Like, no, did he, not like them. So what he did was because he and Lilith got into it. Lilith was like, uh, I think they added it later, but uh, it originally uh, what they wanted to do is that Lilith's intention was really creating an army. Yes. To, to wipe out the eternal conflict. Like she's like, I'm like, it doesn't really imply that she just wants to run everything. She would just wants to end it. She all. wants to end the eternal, end it all and all the internal conflict. So with that, uh, uh, Inarius basically, uh, he tuned the world stone to start making the Nephilim weaker and eventually turn people, them into mortal, mortal. Just regular mortal humans and the humans that we know now. But I, I did, yes, I did want to add though. So Inarius says, like, yo, I need some time to think about this, guys. And as he dips out, Lilith goes straight mama bear on the rest of those angels and demons and goes, Oh, mm-hmm. you want to kill you want to take out my children? Check this out. Yep. And kills every angel and demon she can get her hands on. And Inarius, because that's his lover. He comes back, finds out what Lilith has done, and he has promised never to harm her. So he puts her into the void. And she is now gone. And Anarius, going back to what Nick said, is disgusted by us as ne- humans, if you will, you know, Nephilim or whatever. And like he said, he tuned the world stone to basically lessen our powers. To make normal humans. And so he dips. <laughs> he dips. He's like, I'm all right. I'm, yeah, I don't know what to do with them. You know, like, I'm out. And so... Humans are just doing their thing, you know, and you got barbarians and druids and all the characters. And there's so many stories that I'm not getting into right now about like there's a whole thing with the barbarian state where when they when they created sanctuary, Mount Ariat, which is vital in Diablo 2, is a big mountain that they put the world stone. That's what Anarius created around it to protect it. And the barbarians like what their whole class came from staying there and protecting it, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, long story short. Humans uh, start uh, messing with sorcery, magic, and they start figuring out their well, spirits. Sorry. So is every character that you play a Nephilim from the beginning? No. Or, no, no. Okay. We'll get to that, no. too. Um, okay, so three, that's what three I was, is, was the assumption. Three is defined as the, the actual Nephilim. Yes. You could push the characters in four, potentially only because the blood pedal uh, that they, they, they even kind of yeah. imply that they're like, I've gotten stronger from because they got fed the blood pedal. So maybe that awakened their latent like Nephilim energies, but uh, three, three's characters are, that's it. So, so you're just a regular guy and two running around one and two are regular guys. Yeah, wow. regular guys. And that we'll get into that with the overviews, but basically okay. uh, mages start figuring out how to summon spirits. That's what they call them. We might know them as demons. So they start figuring out how to summon demons, and these demons get summoned into sanctuary. And remember, this entire time, the eternal conflict, quote unquote, is supposedly going on. Actually, my question to you, Nick, is like, if the world stone's been gone, and that's what they fought over, what have they been doing this whole time? But oh, they're still beating the crap out of each other. So what happens? (laughs) Right, but the thing is, is that they eventually. I mean, like you said, Anarius goes away. They they capture him. He he's also held captive. Yeah, I was going to get to that. The sin war. So uh, Uh, so yeah, so. That the sin war is what you're leading to. That, like you yes. were asking, it's, it's going to lead into sin war. Both heaven and hell realize what happened with sanctuary. So then, Mephisto actually makes a sort of religion, not necessarily a truce, but he does a deal with them. Like, hey, they get to decide 
But they both obviously do their kind of thing to influence. Well, so let's let's backtrack that real quick. So basically, humans summon demons. Demons are now mm-hmm. aware that sanctuary exists. They tell mm-hmm. the primevals. And now we get into what is known as the Sin War. And this is mentioned in Diablo 4 as well. So basically, the Sin War was the three primevals go, man, these guys are powerful. Or they have the potential to be powerful. We could use them against the angels. But man, we we're just not going to take them over. So tell you what we'll do. We'll start a religion. And we'll make the religion awesome and good and all that. But the deeper they get into it, the more evil it gets. Well, Anarius gets back from taking whatever horrible dad vacation he went where he went to go get a pack of cigarettes and a carton of milk and never came back for 7,000 years. And he realizes what the primevals are doing. And he goes, nah, son, tell you what, I'm going to create a religion. And it's going to be about me. But I can't be me talking about me. So I'm going to pose as a prophet talking about how awesome I am. And we'll call that the Cathedral of Light. So you have two oh, wow. competing religions now. You have the, the Temple of the Triune, I believe is what they call themselves. And that's really mm-hmm. the three primevals. Yep. And now you have the Cathedral of Light. Well, neither one of them are really. And that's the angel that's side. The angel. Or the, that's an artist. Yeah, order. Yeah. Order versus chaos. And right? so. Basically. Basically. And so basically while this is all going on, I mean, they're not really helping anybody out. I mean, both sides are just looking out for each other. And then the common man starts getting a little upset. And um, there happens to be this farmer who's framed for stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what you need, and I'm going to mess up his name, but his name is like, it's like Ulysses, but it's like Uldrillian. I'm just going to call him, yeah. We'll call him U-Dog for now since I don't want to butcher his name. Yuldisian. Yuldisian. Yuldisian, thank you. So Yuldisian (laughs) actually um, meets a beautiful woman named Lila or Lilia, or something to that effect, and finds out that he has special powers. And he kind of raises his own cult that says, like, down with the system, we'll take out both religions. Well, you discover later that Lilia is actually uh, our girl Lilith, who's got back from the void. And she's instigating all of this because she hates both sides. But, help me with the name again, Nick, sorry. Yuldishian? Yuldishian. So you yeah, so is this is this in is this sin in one of the Diablos? This is known as it's, the Sin War. It's mentioned once the again. The Sin War, it's a oh, it's, it's mentioned, mentioned okay. but it's in there's a book on it, but yeah. uh I know it's briefly mentioned in one. I can't remember in two, but yeah, definitely three and four, three and four Sin does, War has talked about quite a bit. So okay. Odyssean Sorry. actually his his latent Nephilim powers go overboard. And so he's he messes up the Temple of the Triune. And then Anaris realizes what's going on. And so Anaris, the angel, the arch, not archangel, but the angel, you know, the, the whatever, the cathedral of light God, if you want to call him that, he comes down there and he gets messed up by this guy so much for their, the battle that they have, <laughs> the power is so messed up that the angels are finally aware of sanctuary now. So the armies of heaven and the armies of hell all attack this one farmer and his small cult of people, and his powers are so strong, he messes up the angels. He he pimp slaps Anarius. He messes up the the uh, the hell, the demons and all that, and he's so strong that he's actually destroying the world of sanctuary and decides to self sacrifice and not destroy the world. And the angels and demons, this is where Nick was getting at. So at this point, the angels see this. They wanted to destroy them. And they're just like, yo. And there's a vote. Tyrael's the deciding vote. And they decide to leave humans alone. 
And the, the primate was like, you know what? We'll leave them alone too. We'll let them decide what they want to do. We'll leave humanity alone. But mm-hmm. we want Anarius as our prisoner before we agree to this pact. And the angels are like, well, yeah, we don't like him anyway. Go ahead and take Anarius. So Anarius gets <laughs> locked in hell and tortured for like 3,000 years. <laughs> and then we're almost to the games, I promise. <laughs> so... Oh, we're not even to the game. We're not yet. To the game no, yet. no, not yet. <laughs> you get to the Dark Exile. Well, the three primevals—they've been so concerned about humanity, and the four lesser evils are watching all this from hell, and they're like, uh, "Bro, we're supposed to be battling the angels. Like, what are we doing messing with humanity?" So they start a civil war, and they kick the three primevals out of hell, and they put them on sanctuary. Well, remember, there's a pact that they're not going to interrupt. Angels and demons have agreed not to mess with sanctuary, basically, not to interfere. Well, the primevals are there kind of causing ruckus. And um, Tyrion notices. But he's made a deal not to interfere, interfere directly, so he creates the hot Herodrum. Mm-hmm. And their entire goal, and so he goes to the World Stone and he makes three separate stones, one each to hold each of the prime evil's essence. And so the Herodrum, mentored, if you will, by Tyrael, they go get to Mephesto, and they capture him, and they put him in the Soul Stone, and they, the Zakarun, so Diablo 3, when you play as a paladin, or crusader, sorry, very religious zealots, right? The Herodrum trusts the Zakarun, and they give them Mephesto's Soul Stone, and they, they guard it, if you will. And then they go find Ball, Val, Ball, and Ball. Ball. And so with Ball, uh, he messes up the stone a little bit. And so the leader mm-hmm. of the Herodrum is like, I don't know if the soul stone is going to be enough to keep him. So we're going to put the soul stone in my body, and you guys are going to lock me in a tomb. And I'll just stay there forever to hold him down. And so they do. Now remember, it's Bale. In Diablo, it's Bale. Ball is D&D. There you go. Yeah. I apologize. But, and so then they do that, and now we have Diablo left. Well, that was the leader of the Herodrum. So they make a new, uh, they elect a new Herodrum leader whose name is Jared Kane. And now they go to what we know as Tristam, and they get Diablo, and they capture him, and they put him in a soul stone, and they bury him in a cathedral. And you know that from Diablo 1. That's a cathedral that. Diablo's at and the only other thing because he's such a huge character I think Nick can help me out with this is so the soul stones we have the Herodrum have done their job they have captured all three primevals they are in their soul stones and an interesting thing is Mephesto starts kind of leaking out of his stone and he starts messing with the Zakarum and one of the big leaders there is Lazarus if you played Diablo 1 that name should sound familiar and he convinces King Leoric to move his like kingdom to Tristam. And Diablo starts trying to infect King Leoric, who was a great king up to this point. And he drives the king crazy, but he cannot completely take control of King Leoric. So um, he takes over King Leoric's youngest son, because his oldest son, Aiden, is sent to go attack the West Marshlands. And help me out here, Nick. I do believe that leads us to Diablo 1. Yes, and that's where also they kind of did a little bit of retcon with three. Yeah. So with yes, Aiden. 
with Aiden, yes. Aiden is going to be the warrior class from Diablo 1. He is the Dark Wanderer in Diablo 2. But, um, so yes. So, Lazarus convinces the king to move to uh, Tristram. And, you know, so then they establish the kingdom there. Uh, Diablo, from afar, tries to influence uh, King Leoric. It, it makes him crazy. It makes him really aggressive because he was very pious and very just. And, you know, he started executing people. He became very distrusting. And Lazarus is also kind of like poisoning it. He also, Lazarus eventually kidnaps Prince Albrecht, takes him to the cathedral, and then implants the Diablo soul stone into him. And then while Diablo is manifesting and getting everything, you know, like they started like, oh, he's been kidnapped or whatever. So then they're leading people into the, into the, into the, cathedral and down into the depths into the dungeons and stuff and then sacrificing and all that making the power grow because you know terror is what's making diablo get even uh, stronger so after the devastating war that happened in west march aiden and everybody that are coming back they eventually make their way to tristram they find out that he finds out that his dad has been killed his mother has been killed and his brother is missing and all he knows is that his brother is in the cathedral and so along with a sister of the sightless eye, which is the rogue, you got a vizier that's uh, the, the sorcerer. Yes. That uh, They also play uh, some important parts and in two. Diablo 2 as well. <laughs> yep. They, you know, the three of them make their way, you know, with the help of Decker Kane and everybody in the village, you know, they make their way through, you know, learn about what's going on. And eventually Aiden, uh, the three of them confront Diablo and kill him. When they remove the soul stone, that's where Aiden realizes in horror that that was his brother that he just killed, even though Diablo took him over. Takes that same soul stone, knowing that he's going to try and contain him after all the logic, all the stuff that they've read about with the Herodrum and stuff, and then he shoves it in his head to try and contain Diablo. And then... Leads um, immediately to Diablo 2. It pretty much does. Like, maybe a couple weeks not much most. time. Yeah, not much time yeah. takes place so between one and two. Diablo is constantly eating at his recess, you know, the recesses of his mind. He's like, he's been, you know, like the back of his head is like, go east, go east, go east. So he thinks like that's going to be his salvation of finding some information that'll, you know, help him to, to contain Diablo or to free him from Diablo. And then that's where it leads into um, uh, Diablo 2, where he's now the Dark Wanderer. He's, uh, he's, he's, constantly getting consumed by diablo eventually it does happen you know he uh yeah uh then you're playing the new set of heroes again they're they're not nephilim they're just new heroes yeah and then they're following the the trail of destruction that aiden is leaving uh you know then the uh the the freeing of ball uh bail the freeing of bail and then eventually finding mephisto it's wild yeah, and so that's yes. the thing with Bale is when you watch the cutscenes, that is, I can't pronounce his name. I almost want to say Razagul, but that's not it. It's like something Zataran rule or something, but that was the Haradrim leader who put the soul chest, and you see that in the cinematic of Diablo 2. Like, that's where the Dark mm-hmm. Wanderer comes in there. And so it's basically two primevals, and Tyrrell shows up and doesn't get his butt kicked, but it ain't like he handled business either. And then, as mm-hmm. uh, Nick said... I mean, you, you, you play through two. I don't want to, like, I, I don't really say spoilers for a game that's, like, 20 years old. But, I mean. Yeah, no spoilers. You, you, play, you play through mm. Diablo 2. 
And then in Diablo 3, the interesting aspect there, without giving too much away, though, is Aiden, that we talked about earlier. Uh, there is a character in Diablo 1 whose name is Adria? Adria the Witch, yep. Adria's a witch. Well, uh, she plays a big part in Diablo 3 because Adria and Aiden got the freaky freaky on right after Diablo 1, and you know her as Leah in Diablo 3. Hmm. Because Decker Cade said, that's not my granddaughter, but that's my adopted granddaughter. Well, he got her from Adria. And Adria. then mm-hmm. you, you go through, basically, and going back to Angels Can Respawn, the, the, the fallen star, fallen morning star, whatever way they phrase it, that's Tyrael fallen from heaven. Because as soon as he finally took 20 years, and I think that's, correct me if I'm wrong there, Nick, I think there's a 20-year difference between Diablo 2 to Diablo 3. And just real quick with Diablo... Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, because he, at the end of Diablo 2, when you, uh, because Bale corrupted the World Stone, Tyrael was forced to destroy it. And yes. when he did destroy it, created a monstrous crater that blew up Mount Ariat, scattered all the barbarian tribes. But not only that, it basically destroyed his body. So it took a while before he was able <laughs> to manifest back into heaven. But real quick, 30 second blip. Diablo Immortal takes place between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 because in Diablo hmm. Immortal, the basic story is those shards that were broken during the world stone being shattered, you're the shard finder in Diablo Immortal and you're finding all these shards that have all this you know, corrupted power in Diablo Immortal. 20 years pass, you get to Diablo 3, uh, Tyrell has just manifested himself again after 20 years and as soon as he does him and his brother Archangel get into a huge fight and he's like I'm done being an angel and they throw him out of heaven and at the very beginning of Diablo 3 when the the fallen star oh he did it himself he removed oh, yeah, his he, wings he, I'm sorry he, yeah you're right he removed yeah. himself but I mean he him falling out of heaven basically was into that very beginning of Diablo 3 because if you remember mm. there was a man that was found and that was Tyrell who is now quote unquote right. mortal don't know how he just fell however far he fell, but you know. Hmm. The best of plot armors. The best of plot armors. But you know, Diablo three without giving too much away, uh, Leah is kind of Diablo's. I don't know. It's, it's weird, but like she has powers and there's a reason why. And then, so essentially she's just a simulacrum. That was the Adria mm-hmm. knew that yeah. Aiden was, Diablo. Uh, possessed by Diablo. Yeah. So she basically pledged her services and, and and made a simulacrum for that. And then when she was old enough that so they were able to do what they did. And that's how she became Diablo herself. A little interesting aspect for Diablo 3, I think. And I mean, help me out here with it, Nick. But in Diablo 2, with all these guys being defeated, these prime evils, there was a black soul stone that was created. And ironically enough, when all of these guys were defeated in Diablo 2, they're... Uh, essences, all the le- like all the evils, the you know three prime evils as well as the four lesser evils who were not been who had been killed per se during Diablo two. I think it's five of seven are actually all in the Black Soul Stone. So you help Tyrael, you get through it. But at the, yes, but at the very so, end, go ahead, you got it. Well, I was gonna. No, I was thinking. Um, yeah, when they destroyed the Soul Stones at the end of Diablo two, because they did it in Hell, it just released their. Sp- they're them back into hell they just that's it and so i mean obviously they're greatly weakened um and you know they'll eventually reform in some capacity could take decades centuries whatever for them to to regain their power but yes uh 
The Black Soul Stone was created by Zoltan Kuhl. Zoltan Kuhl, Zoltan? yeah. Like I said, I want to say yeah. Razagul, but yes. <laughs> yeah, Razagul, Zoltan Kuhl. So he created the Black Soul Stone in, uh, for his own power fantasy, but then obviously the Nephilim were manipulated to be uh, utilized with, with Leah to become the prime evil, which is Tathomet, essentially, reborn. Yes. And then after you do your job at the end of the original Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls comes out, which is why I mentioned Mathiel, who mm-hmm. used to be the ancient, uh, the Archangel of Wisdom. When uh, the whole Sin War happened, he freaked out, and he just dipped and left the council by themselves. And um, eventually he goes back to what Nick said at the very, very beginning of all this lore stuff. He looks at humanity as an abomination. And he's like, okay, got to take him out. I am no longer the Archangel of Wisdom. I am death. And that is where the Reaper of Souls comes into play. I think he takes out, what, 90% of the world's humanity, going back to what Nick also said, that like when we see Diablo 4, that is 50 years after Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls. Mm -hmm. So you see what has happened to the world. And the funny thing is what Nick is also saying is, even when you're a hero in Diablo game one, you get killed in Diablo 2. And it's just this, it just gets darker and grimmier and, and horrible as Sanctuary goes on until you get to where we are now currently with Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Some good so, stuff. So Sanctuary's not, I thought we're not in Sanctuary in Diablo 4. Oh, we're in Sanctuary. No, we're in San- I sanctuary, all it- three, all four games. I think the it's name is not. It's not a sanctuary not anymore. A sanctuary it was anymore. called sanctuary because of the d- angels and demons that wanted to flee the eternal conflict. That was their right. sanctuary, and it truly was. It was. It just got twisted because you know you got angels and demons, and they didn't like the the nephilim that came, and and s- but I think this yeah is- after the aftermath of Reaper of Souls, man, it really it threw everyone in a super dark age. And well. I, I think you made an interesting point, and I think it's also an interesting decision by Blizzard here. So once again, the first two games, very good evil, white, dark, very, very lines are clear cut. And now it's become order and chaos in the last couple of games. And Anarius is a, you know what, like he's an angel, <laughs> but he ain't good, or at least he's not. I mean, if, if you had to have, depending on your perspective, I mean, once again, Anarius and Lilith are the mother and father of Sanctuary. Yes. Which one's better? From your point of view, I mean, Lilith, you know, she's the mother of the children of Sanctuary. Is she the writer of the two, if you want to look at it like that, of the two of them? I mean, Anarius kills his own son, Rathma, at the very beginning of Diablo 4. You know, I don't think I'm right. But Anarius, yeah, well, we're we're talking spoilers anyway. So, yeah. So if you're going to get into Diablo 4, spoilers Spoilers for story right here. From now on, yeah. End it, yeah, from here on out. So we're going to get into spoilers for Diablo 4. That's your warning. With Anarius, he has no love. Like, for humanity. Tyrael's the only one. Even, even, uh, who's the other angel in Diablo 3 that basically leads the Angiris Council? That's his name. Um, well, there's Imperius, who's the Valor. Imperius, Imperius. He hates, hates humanity. He despises them. If, yeah, like he thinks you're, you're like, just 
the fact that a, a mortal is in heaven is an insult like to everything you're like dude i'm trying to help you out it like you know you game. even kick his butt There's, yeah exactly it's in the game like yeah you you get done with a part and imperius rolls down and he's like get get out of here before i kill you if i see you again and the other two archangels show up like hey don't worry about him uh, yeah it, it was uh <laughs> Ariel, yeah, the female. Ariel and Ithriel. Uh, and Ithriel. Ithriel. Yeah, Ithriel. Yeah, yeah they're, the other ones are understanding because of Tyrael, so they get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like, the you know, the, the archangels, they, they just, you're but, nothing to us. Why are you here? We've been doing this way before you even existed. You know, we don't need you kind of thing. Well, I get that logic if you want to go that way. But um, yeah, in Arya, so like he has, he literally had like, all his his motivations were is that he wants to be accepted back into heaven and he thinks him undoing what he did will do that is gonna is gonna do that and it's like nah fam <laughs> bye well the other thing with that is at the end of reaper souls and diablo 3 though like the, the the black soul stone being up in heaven for a while not only corrupted some of the archangels it kind of corrupted the world and so like it, to my understanding from a, a, a story background here in Diablo 4, heaven's gates are closed, but heaven doesn't look like heaven anymore. Like, it has been, like, not only is sanctuary corrupted, the heavens have been corrupted as well. And so, mm -hmm. what's interesting is you mentioned uh, the archangel uh, Ithriel, who is kind of like a prophet. And before humanity was involved, he knew how the world was going to end, going back to prophecies and Rathma, but, like, the angels had their own, and the angels were going to lose. And with humanity and the Nephilim being, uh, you know, kind of added, that was not part of the plan. So, like, things are just very confusing, you know, and things are, like I said, it's just, you know, we're 70 years removed from the very beginning of Diablo 1, 50 years from Diablo 3, and it's just, like, the world's in not a good position. So, mm -hmm. What's Lilith doing? I mean, what's she trying to do? She's obviously the main villain here. So, so she was still she in the void. Is she a villain? Or whatever she's doing, yeah. She has, so, so from somebody that doesn't know, she's obviously trying to, and it's like presented that way, right? She's doing... I killed her at the end, so am I the bad guy? You are the bad guy, in my well, opinion, yes. We, I don't know, man. That That's that's a nice philosophical way to look at it. But the way the thing was is that she is doing the right things for the in the wrong, the wrong way. For the, like the ends... She's doing the right things for the wrong reasons. She's not. She right. doesn't there love we go. Humanity. Yeah. She. She doesn't the love end humanity. Justifies the means. The ends justify the. The end justifies like, the means. She is. She Thanos. is you're, using everybody. You're my children. Like she has love. For, yeah. You're my children, and I love you. But I love you because you're going to help me take out heaven and hell together. So. Yeah. So she. It, it's. Um, she's an anti-villain, especially human, when though. they add the other DLC. When yes. they had the other DLCs, I think it's going to emphasize more that she was an anti-villain. But, I mean, she's still the daughter of hatred. She is a primeval's daughter. She still retains that because that hatred is still so strong in her. It also affects everybody that follows her and makes them do all these evil stuff regardless. Like, you know, even though, like, her, let's say her goal was noble, like... You know, like her idea is noble on what she wants to end what has been something that she has been since creation. You know, that that's fine. But the way she's obviously handled it, like everybody's like, dude, we got to stop you. You're going to kill us all regardless. You know, like, well, so, I mean, she comes down and trying to create the army to go fight heaven and hell again. Is that what she's trying to do? Basically. Yeah. So, like, she so, she, she, 
she essentially was going to become a prime evil herself. Like if she absorbed Mephisto's essence, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, like if she killed Mephisto, she would absorb his portfolio and become a prime evil herself. So that could create a vacuum. But then it was, if you think about it, it's kind of the same thing with Diablo in three becoming a prime evil. So he was able to have all of them. All of them. And then, and, one. and then it was gone. Well, so. Yeah, I think this so is. So what's Mephisto doing? Well, he's trying to. He's well, the wolf. Meph- he's trying to get you. All, to well, all the evils. Help all him. the evils are, are. So he didn't get absorbed, essentially. Well, I think that's some of it, but I'll, it's a power struggle, especially if you're evil, quote unquote, or chaotic. You know, like I, I hate Hollywood. I ain't gonna let him have power. If I can't have power, nobody can have power. Like I ain't, I ain't about that life. But like, it goes back to what we said before. Like we've gone from Diablo one and two being very clear cut, black white, light dark, to ordering chaos. Is there a right side there? I mean, anything to any extreme can be bad. You know, is order bad? No. Is blind obedience bad? Yes. You know, and so once again, like Lilith might have horrible reasons, but I mean, help me out here, Nick. If Inarius got his wish, okay, he kills Lilith. He kills humanity so he can go back into heaven. So like, if I'm a human, what are the, my, I, what's the mm-hmm. lesser evil there? Okay, Lilith. Yo, girl, got your back. At least I get to live. You know, Daddy Anarius is trying to kill all of us. I don't think Anarius was at a point that he would have wiped out humanity. He would have left us. But he, well, yeah, he would have left us because he was trying to get his seat back in in, in heaven, in, uh, the high heavens. heavens. But so that, but you know, obviously, what led to him with that is just whatever. But um, that he was so driven to just take out Lilith thinking he was going to get redemption out of it that you know it would he was just doing it for all for the selfish reasons so like he never had a noble goal uh, and where so like and you kind of see that shift where she's anti-villain and he yes. is anti-hero but then you kind of see them shift a bit also so it's it's uh it's neat how they did that honestly i think that it's great that they have hum they they gave them what well, we're humans because of them you know when i say we because of humans in diablo but you know they're humans because of them so you get to see where everybody has you know inherited those human aspects from both sides well and, and i i also think it's very interesting like going back to the how deep do you want to dig into the game how philosophical mm-hmm. do you want to get into it because once again so the very first nephilim that was created was rathma Mm-hmm. And he didn't choose either side, actually. Rathma's not his original name. I forgot what his original name is. But Rathma is actually uh, translated to the word student because he found the serpent of balance, uh, Trothkul, who taught him how to be the first necromancer. So weirdly, Rathma is kind of, in a multiple level layered ways, is the balance of good and evil, light and dark, angels and demons, and he's just trying to find balance with everything. And I mean, is that not what a human is at the essence of it all? Hmm. Yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. This, uh, yeah, just, just playing it from, uh, it's just crazy how that is that deep. I mean, I'm kind of like in, in, in wonder struck here because <laughs> just starting off Diablo four, it's just a casual guy. I didn't really keep up with too much of the, of the lore. You know, you heard Nephilim, Nephilim and, um, 
in Diablo three a lot. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and he kind of kept up with that. I didn't even know. I thought Reaper of Souls just added the two, you know, extra classes. I didn't know there's a whole other story is trying oh, to add yeah, it to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he caused so many problems. It was problems. a whole other act. And then yeah. because we, we were, you know, like at the second wave of that fight, he absorbs the Black Soul Stone, mm-hmm. so he gets empowered. So then when you finally get to kill him, you're freeing everybody's soul. Like, everybody that's that, that was... uh corrupted by diablo you know like so that like there's mentioned that they it might have freed aiden and leah's souls especially you know because they were corrupted by diablo himself and then like right. you know diablo mafeo uh not Mathel, but diablo bale mephisto all the lesser evils you know they went back to their plane of hell and everything it, it, it's you know they're obviously Dude, this uh, is, it, it's it's it just makes me want to start diablo 2 again and just play the story just for the lore I will, and go I will, to three. I will play two and three with you, man. I have no problem. Oh my with gosh, so, like, man. You get so much. And like I said, to a certain point, I'm very envious of Nick, though, of playing, because like I played it with you and I played it, you know, by myself. I probably got to like level 25, level 30. And then like, uh, like when I do, like I do a lot of walking and when I walk, I like to just listen to stuff. So I was like, you know, I'll start listening to some Diablo lore. Like, why not? And when I started reading this stuff and listening to this stuff, and then when I started playing Diablo 4 after listening to some of this stuff, a little bit I picked, I was like, oh my gosh, I know who that is. And even the Lorath thing, like once I was like, I thought that name sounded familiar. And then I had to do a little research. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's, he, he, I wouldn't say he's a bit character, but he's in Diablo 3. And like, he's old as you know what? I mean, so is Deckard Cain, but be, to, be, to be fair. But like, there's so many, it's just that layer thing we talked about before. Like, you can you can enjoy Diablo for face value. Go kill stuff, play with your boys. You know, get your characters and knock out some in-game content. Or if you're a huge fan of the lore, if you're a huge fan of the series, you know, there's so much more you get out of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's so beautiful about it, man. I mean, you can just get on there, and it's a great game to loot and kill and do all that, and just just to level up your guy and create some super powerful guy. That's that's kind of the way we do it. Or or you know both right story as well or if you just like the lore and we were talking about this swing and i think last time these people that come up with this and it can really write that and if, you know it is kind of tragic you know when somebody just blasts through the game well, and does it, it, it uh, doesn't it doesn't but i think i think yeah. and once again i i want to look back at nick here with it, it being a fan from the beginning but like i think the other thing that blizzard does extremely well with the lore and how they do it is i i, I think it's an artful thing of finding a balance of how much to give to people and how much to leave up to your own imagination. And I mean, like, I hate to use this example, but like Star Wars, the force, the force is this mysterious thing and the original trilogy and oh my gosh, what is the force? And then you get to Phantom Menace and it's like, it's midichlorians. Yeah. You know what? You could have just yeah, left it mysterious. Terrible. Like we didn't need to know that, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you're a very masterful storyteller when you can give people quite a bit but you also kind of like leave some to their imagination i was i think i was joking with uh right when you leave it to their imagination you're part of the story to some degree you, if you, you just do. Yeah. present it then you're just looking at it from outside perspective well like i i saw i saw a review on something i, I don't know if it was, was uh snes drunk or something hollywood but they were talking about star for no it's the completionist um uh, about star fox 64 and he was like Star Fox, jokingly but not, he was like, Star Fox 64 has the perfect amount of storyline. I don't know what happened to my dad. That guy's a bad guy. He knows what happened to my dad. I'm going to go mess him up because that's my motivation because that's all the story I need. 
you know, but <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. it's an interesting point though, because once again, like, how much lore do you give? How much lore do you leave? You know, how much, you know, do you kind of leave to the imagination or hint at? Okay, you know, we will just give you a little, 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 you know, nugget here. And- when you got a franchise like this, you've created an, an entire world, right? So it's you have to have a lot of that background and stuff. But um, yeah, that is that is uh, super interesting to. Uh, think about i'm trying to think about what i was going to say now well <laughs> i want to i want to give Nick credit on Go this ahead. one though but he was saying and like so this has been retcon quite a bit so once again i as somebody who's jumping into the lore in 2023 and getting to know like aiden was not named yeah. until diablo 3 so you did not know aiden yeah. was leoric's son and the oldest son and all that i mean so that that was yeah. not information that was known to the to the diablo community until like you know what 15 years after the first game came out and it's like oh yeah the dark Basically, wonder yeah. was blah 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 and you're like oh that's dope you know yeah no that that was cool and i i get it too because i mean even back then like some of the lore was light that you know and then they expanded and they expanded you know and and blizzard's known to do retcon and stuff you know and that and that's fine that's there's a that's their ip whatever people get upset about but um yeah like i mean back then all you knew when you played diablo 2 is like okay the dark wonder is the warrior because Blood Raven is the rogue, and then the Jezret or the, whatever the sorcerer's name Jezret, is. Jezret, the yeah. sorcerer's name. You fight him in Act Two. You know, so um, you know, like it, it, it. And then, like when you talk to people, if you really want to get in the lore, you can talk to people and you kind of find out a little bit more about the backstory of what happened, which is really interesting. So, I mean, you uh, you already are given the impression that later, literally everyone from Diablo One has died. <laughs> And yes. then everyone from Diablo 2, uh, you know, leading into 3, the only one that you, uh, like, you know, that the the female wizard got killed by the assassin. The assassin leaves. She starts up the demon hunter, basically, organization. Um, they were originally going to use the same barbarian from 2 and 3. I and mean, they, they had the same voice to. actor. Yeah. And then they they kind of canned it because it just didn't feel right with the mesh. But it's... It, supposed to be the same guy um i heard the reason they didn't do that because they didn't want the barbarian to have unique uh lines versus every other character being a new character like it had been just a pain in their butt to explain yeah then it would have been lore that it was a barbarian that was a nephilim the entire time yeah Yeah. but uh i think it would have been cool either way uh well going back to the depth of the game though like once again if you mm -hmm. get into the lore and you understand the stories like some of this stuff is crazy we didn't even mention some of it so like between the sin war and all that stuff the mages took over and there was three of them and i can't say the name and nick's already the vishari so the vishari were like like the most powerful ones and then everybody turned on them and there was like a civil war between the mages and then seven years into it they decide hey you know that thing we promised never to do again about summoning demons how about we summon demons to help us in this battle and then they kicked all the other mages butts and then there was a civil war between that own clan and then like assassins came from the vajari and the assassins jobs were to kill mages because people got scared of magic but it was the vajari who is a mage clan who basically was taking out their competition like okay your job is to kill mages but not us mages all the other mages that aren't us that's what you're gonna do we're gonna pay you to assassinate all the other mages that are not us so i mean there's like interesting backstories uh demon hunters are it's kind of simple if you think about it they're they're you know family members or whatever were killed by demons and they vowed to do that the barbarians prior to diablo 2 at the end their whole point was to protect the world stone at Mount Ariat until it got exploded at the end of Diablo 2. So what do they do? They're wanderers now. 
because their entire purpose has been removed. So there's interesting stories for each character class if you decide to dig into it and figure out other than, oh, I just want to be Drew because I want to turn into a werewolf. But that's fine, too. Mm Mm-hmm. What I was going to say, I remember now, is just, are there books about this? Are there like yes. actually like physical the books Sin that War. go so, into the lore that's so like there's, canon? So there's novels. There are novels, like the Sin Wars. Yeah. And then there's the Book of Tyrael, the Book of Deckard Cain. That's just like, just lore. The like book in of, their perspective. Now, those are physical the books, book, but if you look up the Book of Lorath, yeah. so what we just, what we, me and Nick try to encapsulate there, it's a 41-minute video made by it's i think it's diablo the youtube account and it's four books that they just combine into one big you know 41 minutes so all those books just they don't expand on what you're what we're learned here today uh, they kind of no, besides they the details they, they, although they definitely we're we just like we're like super cliff notes you know like sure. this is, this is drunken is. history of diablo <laughs> what's the one you should read first if you want to kind of get into it Ooh, that's are they, are they going order? Well, is it Sin they, Wars? They I, have, of, I have not. I'll be honest. They, I have not read any of the edition of, of Wars. Uh, okay. So I, 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 I was watching the book of Lorath. It's, it's on YouTube. And it's like, four, like I said, 41 minutes long. And it kind of encapsulated everything we just talked about, which was like the beginning, the Sin War, this, that, and the other. And I think it kind of covers Diablo 1, 2, and 3. Uh, there is the book of Cain, which is in the game Diablo 3. But I think there it's either a physical or... There's some kind of copy of it that I'm sure you can get. I think it was actually a pre-order or maybe an additional thing that they added to Diablo 3 10 plus years ago. Like, and honestly, I think you can just, like, I think Nick has it up now. He's looking at Diablo Wiki. And there's just, you can find mm-hmm. the lore if you look for the lore. But it's, Oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, I just want to read the man. So, so I get the details of how the characters are. The Book of Cain, awesome. and then they did the Book of Tyrael, and then they'll be compiled into a Herodric Vault, the complete edition. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, it comes out later this year in November, by the way. So it's going to have the Book of Cain, the Book of Tyrael, the Book of Adria, the Book of Lorath. The Book of Adria. So this is all like, like kind of like the, all of the them, Warcraft huh? Chronicles. War. Yeah. So it's going to have all the books together. That's pretty And it's cool. coming out later oh, this year. Oh, my gosh. I am getting oh, there's it. There's an audio book for Book of Sin War, Book One. Diablo yeah, Sin I was War. looking yeah. at that while we were talking about it. I was looking and I was like, oh, there's <laughs> oh, not a whole man. thing because I don't want to use all my points just to get all the Sin War books. So I was like, oh. but um, the, the yeah, once again, oh. we we barely barely scratched the surface. I mean, there are there's, oh, there's so tons of books. there's so <laughs> much lore. There's so much politics behind certain things about why these characters did this and like like. That really was as much as I could encompass uh, some as you know a summary of the big big stuff in my opinion that leads into the game, so you at least understand the main characters and the main things. But there's so 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 much more that happens throughout all that. Like the barbarians and the druids both agreed as nephilims at the very beginning of time to protect the Worldstone, but they had different viewpoints of doing it. But they got along fine. They just had. Some became barbarians and some became druids, and then sorcerers dipped off and did their own thing. It's such, I mean, like, and then you you start learning about this specific sorcerer or this specific clan or X, Y, and Z. There's a lot to it. Oh, I'm sure, man. Well, that was a good overview, dude. That was really good and really interesting. It certainly got me wanting to go play, like in terms of just hearing the story. And I do this every time, but <laughs> uh, you know. But just, yeah, some some of those books might be something I'm going to look into, man, for sure. Just because it sounds, sounds really cool. 
So, well, I appreciate the lore, dude. That was a good lot to, to learn. I'm glad, Nick, you could be here, too, swinging. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's good back and forth, especially if we're sitting here, like, zoned out, like, listening to it. <laughs> like, dude, it's so deep that it's, it's great. I have a deep love. Like I said, like, I've always been a fan of uh, OG Blizzard since the first Diablo. Sure, like, because I fell in love with their their writing you know because I, back then i was like oh yeah jrpgs you know <laughs> jrpgs i'm not knocking on them but that that was one of the first games that i started falling for western rpg storytelling yeah I'm, I'm more of a recent fan obviously but i am very very impressed and um once again i think it's just the atmosphere I, i'm really struggling to think of a game or a game series that seems to have this much atmosphere you know, around the game, if you will. So it, it's it's really impressed me since I've started digging into it over like the last month. Cool, man. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Um, thanks for doing that. Um, I will say this, though, real quick before we go, just switching gears off Diablo. And I mm-hmm. mentioned this at the beginning, the Mississippi Comic Con, and I, I failed to go back and do it. William from Gamer Guy Reviews. Um, he does a YouTube channel called Gamer Guy Reviews, and he did one on the Kane and Lynch series. It's really good, man. Oh, wow. I mean, it's like a – it is super good. He's re- very funny, and it's very knowledgeable. And he, he does an interview with us, and he talks about how, how he puts the videos together and how he kind of makes it that artful style or whatever. He did a complete history of um, – uh, what's it? What's that? Oh, the – destroy all humans oh yeah oh yeah it's got like over ten thousand views yeah man it's like so it's really good so go check that out gamer guys reviews if uh, you guys are into that it's something that you can really just kind of zone out to for 15 20 minutes uh up to an hour on some of them but uh they're really good so that's what i meant to go back to at the beginning and i forgot but i did check them out and i thought it was awesome so well nick swinging appreciate you guys being here man yeah always a good time thanks for having us (laughs) <laughs> all right everybody check us out hnkexp.com uh it's our website for and we're on any of your podcast stuff you like to listen to on any medium there uh we also just got back on twitter hnkexp uh same way for instagram hnkexp and uh come hang out with us see you guys later Bye. deuces Bye.